When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 21, Chapter Titled. Cult Fiction. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. And I'm feeling very centered. Then where's the girl? You're not centered enough. Oh, no shit. I'm not going to be part of your cult. This is very harsh. I'm very sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Oh, bye. <laughs> no, no, come back. You don't want to do the podcast by your centered self? No, I just was kicking you out of the cult. Um, so, hi, Tanya. Hi. How have things been? Uh, fine. They've cool. been fine. Cool. We haven't done much. We did, okay, so real quick, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, last weekend we um, guested on a podcast called Boy Meets World Fever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, very fun. It was we super fun. We did their um I guess like wrap up episode for season two. They just finished season two of Boy Meets World, so they're like uh cousin podcast to ours. Um and they did a tournament of all the episodes in season two. It was very, very fun. Cousin is a weird word for rival. We're going to duke it out to the death. I was trying to be kind. <laughs> I really liked them. They were so much fun. It was it was super great. Uh, they were super good dudes. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah. But I will tell you this. You know how long ago we watched season two? It was probably about 25 years ago because I didn't remember shit. You would be very proud of your host, Alden Bear, because he was remembering things like he actually had a memory, and we all know that he doesn't. So I, I don't, don't know where he was pulling this information from because I couldn't remember anything. It, like they were like, "On the air is my favorite episode." I'm like, "On the air, on the air." I know it was about the radio. That's all I remember. Yeah. Well, uh, all I can say is it was like those moments where, like, in a TV show or movie, where somebody has like a moment where their the words come out of their mouth, and then they're like, "Did I just say that?" Like. That's how it worked for me. But like, I turned my brain off, and then whatever like little thing that's inside my head started talking and was like, "Oh yeah, Gunther was in that episode." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, you remember, guys? Were we doing an Adventure Time podcast? Adventure Time? You just said Gunther. Wasn't that the name of the dude in the in the on the air episode? Oh, I don't remember. The German guy? Maybe. See, you remember things. Maybe it he- wasn't Gunther. It might have been. I'm not sure. If I just if I just said the right name, it was another one of those moments. My dad is German, and his middle name is Gunter. Holy shit! Anyway, you would be very proud of Alden. He was a true professional. And Tanya, she was a true professional. I don't know that that's true, but I will say that I got Sister Teresa through almost to the end. Decide for yourselves on Boy Meets world fever i almost said boy meets girl meets boy meets it's just a tick at this point it is i can't not (laughs) but yeah it was very fun um if you want to check it out it's boy meets world fever um with chance and cameron and it was it was so much fun we haven't done a lot else though because we've been crazy busy with work and bullshit yeah and we're gonna be crazy busy this weekend so we're recording early and nobody even knows what day it is that's true i don't know why i always feel like i'm like look at us go we're going early look at us on a friday guys (laughs) you know how you normally 
it's it's Monday. It's Monday. Um, it's Monday at five a.m. when this podcast posts. Is it five or four? I don't. I remember. don't know, but it's there when I wake up in the morning. Um, I find a schedule very important to my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, you know what else we did? We watched Boy Meets World. That's my line. Oh, do I usually just say, what did we do? I mean, normally, yes, until like last week when you caught on that this is what I do every week. (laughs) I just want to engage with you. It's what I've done for 90 episodes. And you're like, oh, I know where this is going. (laughs) I was heading you off at the pass. We watched Boy Meets World, season four, episode 21, chapter titled. Cult fiction. And I want you, we're, we're moving a little quick because there's a lot to talk about. Blur me up. The blurb for season four, episode 21, cult fiction is Sean joins a cult. Thank you, Disney Plus, for knowing we were going to have a lot to talk about and making the blurb half a sentence. <laughs> uh, this episode was directed by Jeff McCracken. It was written by Jeff Minnell. The Jeff, Jeffy boys are back. Those twin boys. Mm-hmm. We like them. They're good. They're, they're very good together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are they good this week? I don't know. Tune in and find out. They're as, already tuning as in. As we go to commercial break. We're not going to commercial break. We don't have time. Let's let's do this. Okay. Uh, classroom or not? <gasps> do you want to tell them? No, I want, I want to react. Oh. You're breaking my flow so hard. <laughs> we are... Wait. Classroom or not? We are actually in our bedroom right now but the episode started in the classroom yeah <laughs> it was such a weird like you brought me there and then you were like actually we're in our bedroom <laughs> that was the point yeah but we're we're in the classroom the ice the kicker i don't know if you know that reference is nope. a sports thing. nope Mm-mm. uh we're in the classroom what classroom Mr. History class with Mr. Feeney? No. Because that's where we are, have been a lot this season. But. What? We are in Mr. Turner's classroom. <gasps> Mr. Jonathan Turner? Jonathan Turner, who we haven't seen very much. He's, like. He's been a. Uh, MIA. He's been an MIA. He's been MIA. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're in English class. What's going on, Tanya? Set um, the stage. Well, so class ends. That's where I remember. <laughs> Class ends and Mr. Turner starts to talk to Sean. Okay. Well, and he's talking to him about like college and stuff because that's really what is on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I don't do. Did we know they were juniors in high school? Mm, I feel like freshman. They were sophomore. not. They, no, 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 no. We didn't know. No, we didn't know. We knew that there was a time jump. We knew that we had landed in it. I didn't realize how big it was. Do you remember what grade they were in when they started high school? Seventh grade. Eric was in 11th grade. Now they are in 11th grade and Eric is in 12th grade. Two seasons. No, he graduated. Yeah, he graduated. Two seasons ago, they were in seventh grade. Yeah. That's a jump. Like, that's a big jump. So now they're... In 11th grade. They're juniors in high school. Mr. Turner's like, you got to get serious about this, Hunter. And Sean's just like, um, no, I'm fine. I'm going to go to Hawaii because they're going to go to college in Hawaii. And I'm just going to hang out with the chicks in Hawaii. And it's going to be great. And Mr. Turner's like, no, you're not. 
And he's also, Sean is like, you keep, everyone keeps acting like I'm stupid, but I just skipped four grades in two years. So back off, Turner. And this is, um, so Mr. Turner says a lot of stuff, but the really one big thing that Mr. Turner says is, I'm one of the handful of people who cares about you? <laughs> yeah, because Sean is talking about how like you're not my you're not my guardian anymore. My parents are back. I don't need to listen to you. And he's like, "Well, I am one of the handful of people who actually care about you." Do you know how many a handful is? Uh, I mean, I would imagine it's five or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's five. Yeah. Mr. Turner's like, "Oh, hey, kid, I care about you so much, but guess what? I'm one of five people that cares about you." And the other two are in this room making out. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, well, it's so great that your parents worked on their marriage like they're working on theirs. And and at this point, like uh, Topanga says, like, she's not going to college in Hawaii. She wants to go to Penn State or something. Yeah. And Corey's like, well, obviously I'm going with her. Yeah. And and Mr. Turner says, well, Sean, like now is the time where you have to decide who you're going to be. Who are you going to be? And as so. He walks out on that, like, who are you going to be? And just, like, storms out, like, I just made the point of a lifetime. And here comes short-haired girl. Um, her name is Shay. In the show? Yeah. I thought it was Cheryl. Oh, I thought it was Shay. But her real name is Tamara Mello. Now, her... Tamara Mello? Yeah. Her name might not sound familiar, but if you Mm -hmm. watched any teen movies... In the late 90s and early 2000s, you saw her as sort of a sidekick in almost all of them. But most importantly, she was in She's All That, which is what I recognized her from because I wanted to look just like her. Most importantly, she was in Boy Meets World, season four, episode 12, 21. I got dyslexic. It's late at night. Um, Anyway, she is like, man, that was pretty messed up when Mr. Turner was like, only a handful of people care about you. And... And then she's like, I have, like, at least 100 people who care about me. And, like, honestly, she is definitely making a good point. It was messed up. She came in at the perfect time. Yeah. And then she's like, want to grab a coffee? And go meet these people who care about me? And he's like, sure thing. So what happens next? They go to... The center. That looks an awful lot like... Chubbies. Yes. Or the Beat Poetry Place Mm -hmm. in season two. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So they go to this coffee shop where it's like eerily quiet, but there's like a hundred teenagers sitting around with each other and talking and like they walk in and a person automatically like walks up and hugs Sean. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, it starts as they walk in, the whole room goes, hello, Cheryl or Shay, whoever the real mm -hmm. one is. And then they all look at Sean and they go, hello, Sean. And then they hug her and then they hug him. Mm-hmm. And he's like really weirded out by like, it. They all know my name. Yeah. I mean, and they all speak in unison like all the time. And um, so he's like off put by it with like good reason. It is odd. And he's like, "Uh, where's the music? Is there going to be like a live band or something? And she's like, it's not that kind of coffee shop. Like we all just kind of sit around and talk to each other about how much we care about each other. And, and he, he makes some sort of comment and she goes, that was funny. And he goes, well, really? Because you're not laughing. And she says, laughter is just the laughter is just a mask. That denies the reality of the situation and hides nervousness. 
And it was just like very... I think she says Mr. Max says that laughter is just a mask, right? Uh, s- somewhere around there, she says yeah. Mr. Mac. Yeah, so she's no, still think- spewing like this weird like theology or something, and she's just like, "Well, Mr. Mac says blah 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 blah." Mr. And- Mac is like, uh, says a hug is a burst of love." And Shauna's like, "Who is Mr. Mac?" And then like Mr. Mac is there, mm-hmm. and he she's like all excited, and Mr. Mac uh, has like the. The creepy dude hair. It's just parted in the center. Yeah, but it's like that hair that everybody like no, associates he just, with mm, like a preacher or a cult leader. I think if he didn't, I think it's his face. His face is a preacher cult leader face. And then like put the hair on that because really his hair isn't that far off from being Eric's hair. It just has a little bit less volume. But Eric doesn't look like a cult leader preacher. It's the face. The face does it. Mm. And then like expressionless face like he doesn't express himself at all like he just is like the same all the time he doesn't emote because i guess emotions are just a mask Mm -hmm. um and he he's like oh are you centered cheryl and she says i'm centered i'm centered mr mac and he's like are you centered sean and sean's just like i'm way off center Mm -hmm. and sean's just like it's a cult like why why did you bring me here yeah, he says, like the like word cult. out. He says, this is a cult. Um, uh, he, he says, my bad, I didn't realize this was a cult. And uh, Mr. Matt goes, oh, are you judging us the same way your teachers and parents and family judge you? Yeah, well, first he says, like Mr. Mac says, you know, this isn't a cult. This is a place where people who need love, like who just need love in their lives. Mm-hmm. So all of these... Kids are people who just need a love in their lives the same way you do. And, you know, um, Sean starts, keeps judging it. Like, he's just like, this is, this isn't for me. Like, I shouldn't be here. And Mr. Mac was like, well, now you're judging us the way that you've always been judged. And how does it make you feel when everybody's judging you? And Sean's just like, well, it feels bad. Mm-hmm. And he and he says, so so what do you think, what do you wish those people would do? And he says, get to know me. And he says, well, why don't you get to know us? Right. Um, and then we go to Chubbies. Yeah, we go to real Chubbies. Real Chubbies. Um, where chubbies. like a group of girls is sitting in a Culties. booth. Culties? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. A group of girls is sitting in a booth and Corey's talking to Sean and... And one um, is the girl. One is yeah, the... Yeah, one is Shay The Allison Cheryl. Mack of the group. Why do you call her the Allison Mack of the group? Oh, duh. Yeah. I have so much to say about cults, Yeah, too. no, we're going to get there. Yeah. We have a lot to say, I think. Yes. Um, so that's why I got to speed through the actual content right. of the episode. So... Um, Corey walks in and Sean goes to hug Corey. And Corey's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Which is weird because they hug they all the hug time. They hug all the time. It's like a thing. Like, they, it's one of the best things about the show is that the fact that, like, they have no problem expressing their love for each other. And all of a sudden, Corey's like, whoa, why are you putting your hands on me? Yeah. And it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean's like, I'm telling you hello. And Corey's like, that's not how we say hello. And Sean's like, you're, you don't seem very centered, Corey. And, uh, so Corey starts asking him questions. Like, what do you, what do you mean centered? Like, where have you been spending all your time? And, and Sean says, these are just, these are some girls from the, the center who are here to hang out with me and study. Yeah. 
Um, and he says, like, the center's been really good for me. Obviously, it has. Like, he's sitting there studying. Like, he has people around him that he feels like care about him. And who wouldn't want that? Right. And Corey pulls him aside and he's like, uh, excuse me, three girls. Sean and I need to talk. And pulls him to the side, and and Sean is like, it's it's not a cult, Corey. It's it's a place where uh, people because Corey says, "What is the center?" And Sean, without even listening to him, goes, "It's not a cult, right?" Um, and uh, Sean says, "Listen, Corey, you're, you're being very judgmental." Uh, Mr. Max says, "The length of the journey has nothing to do with the ultimate value, Sean." Oh, I didn't know if you were just, like, pausing for dramatic effect or not. No, I was giving it to you to talk. <laughs> so Corey's like, you have to, like, not go there anymore. And the girls come over and she's like, and well, Shay. Sean get, makes a whole argument about how, like, what do you feel, what do you feel like is life? What do you think is... Like, what do you believe what in? What do you believe in? Do you believe in a family with a with a house on a, on a, on a suburb? Because that's what you have? That's not what I have. So what do... what? Why can't I believe in something different? Why are you trying to take what I believe in? That is a very good point. Yeah, cults make very good points. I mean, cult aside, that is a very good point. Sure. That's how cults work. I'm not saying that, like, Mm -hmm. I'm saying anyone who thinks that is thinking correctly. Like, thinking, like, like, just because this is what you have doesn't mean, like, that's what I should believe. That's not what I have. Like, that is not a bad thing to think right but that's how the cults bring these people in who are oh we will talk about it and hurt we will talk about it um what tanya is trying to say is let me in that was a, to a cult that was a bray wyatt thing yes it sounds like you're trying to let people into the cult i am a cult mm, i am bray wyatt or alexa bliss anyway go ahead is alexa bliss part of the cult like officially yes it's so fantastic I didn't even know you were still watching. I'm not. I just look at the Twitter stuff. That's when it's when it's when it's Bray, when it's the fiend and Alexa Bliss. Does she like? She's in. But like, does she? Is her persona different than it yeah. used to be? Oh my gosh! I have to look at this. I don't know how much of this I'm going to cut out. Probably it, all of it, but it, that's okay. It makes me so happy. All right. So, you know, basically, Corey's like, "Well, you need to find what you're looking for, and this isn't it." And then we go to the classroom again. Yeah, we're back in the classroom. And it's a really weird cut because, like, all of a sudden we're just, like, back in the classroom and and Mr. Turner's talking. Well, they got a lot to shove into this episode, just like we do. So That's I understand. True. Weird cut for us. Back to the classroom. Mr. Turner's class. And Mr. Turner's talking just to Sean. Just straight up, like, class is over and Mr. Turner's like, Sean, tell me about this center. And Sean's like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me and, like, it's fine. And he's like, I see you're already ready to judge me. And Mr. Turner goes, no. And he, he says something. I don't remember what he says. But what's important is Sean replies, oh, Mr. Max said you would say that. Mm-hmm. And and Sean starts talking about like how all his life he f- has felt like something was missing and that people can see that there's like this missing part of him and that they were judging him for that. And there's this hole in him. He's not finished. And And the fact that like it has made it harder for him to have people who care about him because like he has this piece of him missing. And Mr. Turner says like, I never saw that in you. Yeah. And if you felt this way, you should have told me I would have helped you or would have done something about it. And uh, Sean just says, no, you wouldn't understand. Uh, The center is just filled with, with people who are there for me. And Mr. Turner says, no, the center is filled with lost souls who are easy to prey on 
for a cult leader. Mm-hmm. Um, they're easy to manipulate or something like that. And um, Sean says, no, you're just trying to change who I am. And, and Mr. Turner says, no, they are trying to change who you really are. And he he brings Sean like close to him and he looks in him, him in the eye and is like, you are the most unique person I have ever met. You are smart and you are brave. And like he, he goes through this whole thing where he's just like, you can't let them steal who you are. Mm-hmm. And Sean just, I, it's obvious you know, that Sean doesn't understand the severity of it as I don't think any 14 or I guess he's 16 now. I don't know anymore. He's, He's like 30. 25. He's 38. <laughs> anyway, as any 16-year-old six, no is going to understand the severity of really anything until they're an adult. Right. Like, we go through stuff all the time where we look back at being 16 and we're like, oh my gosh, I was doing that at 16? Like, yeah. what on earth? Yeah. Um, we, we definitely didn't understand the severity of it. And like, you join a bunch of people who you think just care about you, like... I would definitely be like, oh, hey, all of you guys, like, fuck off. I'm doing fine. Like, I joined a cult. This isn't hurting anything. Oh, I believe it. I joined the cult of punk rock. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Did, you leaned into the microphone to laugh despite me because of my punk rock cult. Um, Mr. Turner also says in this part that, like, the human response like what makes you human is the fact that like you can relate to each other and um care about each other and that if all you're doing is like centering yourself and you're not talking about like any of the issues or being who you are as a person then you're not actually like having the human experience you're just kind of going through fake motions and he says like on the topic of of being judged he said um, every once in a while you have to make a judgment. And if, and if this is the judgment you are making, this is the wrong judgment. And you made that judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to rewind just a couple seconds back to Chubby's where at the end of the conversation, yes, Corey is like, I just don't understand like why this is so important to you. And Sean's like, why don't you come and check it out? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like the argument dissipates, they leave, whatever. We go to the classroom. You're like um, the hypocrite reporter. Like, you're like, I'm going to report on every time somebody's a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Because here we go to the center. To the center where, where Eric and Corey walk in, and it is the most delightful experience I've ever had in my life. Do you remember what Eric says as yes. he walks in? Yes. What's he say? He says, Oh, she wrote it down. You can tell because <laughs> she's talking downwards. He says, con men, charlatans. Well, he says these are all fakes, con men, and charlatans. Yeah. And, uh, and Corey was like, all right, like, we're here. Like, we need to find Sean, whatever. And Eric's like, I'm not going to let these people bring me, like, in. And it, they can't con me. And, like, he's, like, saying all this stuff. And then this girl walks in. He says it, takes, it would take a weak-willed, gullible person to fall for these this cult and then a pretty girl comes over and she's like hey i'm so and so and like gives him a hug and he just like melts into her pulls his wallet out and is like take my money where's my room and Corey's like no eric what is wrong with you like stop it and she says oh no you you seem like you're just so lost alone and abandoned and then he says my emotional color palette 
is missing yellow and blue. Where's my room? And when he said, where's my room? It sounded like he said, where's maroon? Which I also thought would be fitting because of the whole color palette thing. Either way, it was phenomenal. It was so joyful and wonderful. Yeah. And he starts to walk away with her because she's taking him to his room. And uh, Corey goes, Eric, stop. And Eric says, that's not my name anymore. My, he says my, my brainwash name. No, he says my new nut name oh, nut is name. Sunflower Fortunato. <laughs> and now I just want to name something Sunflower Fortunato. Like, mm. next time we get chickens, we're naming one Sunflower Fortunato. We're never getting chickens again. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh. Sean walks up and Corey goes to hug him and Sean's like, no. And Corey goes, no hug. And Sean is like, no, you don't get a hug. You don't belong here. You shouldn't have come here. What are you doing here? You just told him to come here. Yeah. One scene ago, Sean. Like that's basically it could be anything from like 25 minutes to four days. But you told him, come check it out for yourself. And now you're like, you shouldn't be here. What's he saying? You shouldn't be here. (laughs) So, uh, Corey starts, he's like experienced a little bit of this whole center thing and he's weirded out by it. And he's like, Sean, you're going to stay here with these juji fruits. And really, that's all I want to say. And Go Eric, ahead. Eric walks by and he's like, Corey, I'm going to stay here forever. Uh, and Corey likens what's going on to drugs he says uh because i think sean says it's not like i'm doing drugs mm-hmm. Corey. and Corey says it's basically drugs they're altering your mind your mind's being messed with uh you just you you don't know what you're looking for and you don't know it's real right um and he's like this guy mr matt can't help you find what you need because you don't know what you need and um he says you you um He's just there around every corner waiting for you. Uh, Every time you turn around, he's going to be right behind you. Allow me to demonstrate. And he turns around and Mr. Max starts talking to him. And he's like, you don't seem to be the right person, like the right fit for this place. And he's like talking in his like non-emotive voice with his non-emotive face. And Corey delivers this line. He's just like, Sean, he's very powerful. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and so like Mr. Max has a couple other things and he walks away and Corey is just like, all right, Sean, you have a decision to make. Like, because well, Mr. Max says, you're not a prisoner here. You can leave, leave whenever you want. And Sean's like, see, look, I'm not a prisoner. I can go. And so Corey's like, all right, then let's go leave right now. And then the lights go dim mm-hmm. and you hear over the PA, like, I was ready for some beat poetry, which would have been wonderful. What if Frankie came? What if Frankie had? (laughs) Just because you remember it now, because we had to rehash season two, doesn't mean you have to ruin my life all Mm. over again. Mm. That wasn't part of the episode. That was me talking to you. Yeah. Um. So the lights go down, and you hear Mr. Matt going, "Uh, all right." He says, "Like all right, children," or something like that. And Mm -hmm. he's like, "Welcome, new life member, Sean Hunter," and. So it's almost like he's bound to them. Right. So now we cut to the backyard, the Matthews backyard, where... Corey uh, is, like, enraged and talking to his parents and to Mr. Feeney. Yes. 
And, um, you know, Alan and Amy are like, well, like, how serious is this? And Mr. Feeney is like, well, I'm like really acquainted with the center. I've been trying to get them shut down for years. Yeah, like, Alan's like, I'm going to go down there and drag Sean out of there myself because he doesn't belong there. He belongs here with us. And, and this- that's when we find out that I guess his parents are out of town. Maybe we found that Not out yet. earlier. Not yet. We didn't find that out earlier. And then Mr. Feeney says, I agree, I'm coming with you. And as they start to to arm the militia to go down to the cult and drag Sean away, who all of a sudden they want in their house. Uh, yeah. Sean Especially and- Alan. All of a sudden, Alan's like, I want this kid with us. Sean and Eric come around the back of the house. And Eric acts like he's on like psychedelics or something. He's like all like twisting and turning his head and... um. And they're like, we're so glad that you came back, Sean. He's like, I didn't come back. I brought Eric back because they don't want him. He's not right for the center. And so it gives everyone a chance to like touch base with Sean well, and talk to him. Sean says, all right, bye, guys. I'm leaving. And, and Alan, Alan. And Alan. <laughs> and Alan freaks out. And he's like, you are not going back there. Your parents left you with us while they're on vacation this week. Like, and what? you belong here. And that means you're under our house and you're under our rules. We've been through this, Alan. First of all, you didn't want him there. Mm-hmm. Second of all, he really is like a caged animal. He does not want to be stuck in your house, not being able to drink milk out of the carton, not wearing the clothes that Amy buys for him. Like, this is completely out of left field, this whole, like, compassion for Sean thing. It is out of left field, but it's also the worst thing you can say to him. Like, you're saying you... you belong here and you can't leave our house ever right like you're you're you're, telling a 16 year old who's trying to join a cult because everyone's trying to control him Mm -hmm. and and he's like uh actually no i'm going back to the center Mm -hmm. and then the phone rings and mr feeney goes in the house and oh because mr feeney starts saying stuff to him and he's like sean mr mac is a bad person and Mm -hmm. he's like mr mac said you'd say that and he's like Okay, well, Mr. Mac probably said a lot of things that you should be thinking. Mm-hmm. Or he probably told you a lot of things to think. Right. And then the phone rings and he walks away. Yeah, he goes in the house and, and that gives um, Alan a chance to talk to Sean. And, and Alan is saying, like, what is this that you're looking for? Like, what do you believe in? Like, what is it that you have, like, landed on? He's like, do you believe in God? Like, yeah, wait. this was like a really weird, like all of a sudden it turned into like a touch by an angel episode. And I, it was, it was interesting. Uh, yeah. I expected McGee like to come yeah, on Yeah, McGee and, out. and me. It's like McGee comes down and is like, Nicholas, really? Do you believe in God? <laughs> um, Do you really want to hang out with this Sean kid? <laughs> uh, but Mr. Feeney comes back out and he's that M- McGee and me joke. Nobody will understand. Anyway, at least one person, I would say one person out of the the amount of people who listen will understand that joke. <laughs> There's got to be one. The the if you know what McGee is, let us know, please. Anyway, so Mr. Feeney comes back out and he's like, uh, well, he comes out and he has his hand over his mouth and he looks so upset. Yeah. And they're like, what is wrong? Like, or is everything OK? Amy says everything OK. And. He's like, no, it's not. Uh, Jonathan Turner was in a motorcycle accident. And they're like, 
is he all right? And he's like, no. And so they all start to rush to go to the hospital. And Corey's like, come on, Sean. And Sean's like, no, and runs the other way. Sean says, I'll meet you there. Yeah. So we cut to the hospital now where Topanga and Corey are talking or Corey's been sitting there. Topanga walks up. And so obviously it's been a little while. Mm -hmm. And Topanga's like, Corey, where is Sean? And uh, she says, why wouldn't he be here? He and Mr. Turner are like brothers. Are they like brothers? I don't know. Like Eric and Corey are like brothers. Barely. Mr. Turner was more of a father figure. I don't understand why that's so difficult for them to say. Yeah. Like, it's okay for people to stand in that gap. Like, it is perfectly fine for that to happen. But as she's complaining about Sean not being there, Sean shows up. With Mr. Mr. Mac. Oh, we did good. Allison Mac's father. <gasps> what? I didn't even think about those two. I thought you would have got it last time when I said Allison Mac. I, okay. I heard what you said about Allison Mack, and I was like, okay, Nexium, whatever. And then just now, I was like, Mr. Mack, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. You cracked the code. I cracked the code from 1997. The center was the first Nexium. Uh-huh. So anyway. In America instead of Canada. What? All right. Nexium was Canada. Fuck, okay. I know a lot about it. I listened to a podcast about Don't it. Don't you worry. We'll get our cult talk on here in a Mm -hmm. minute but first let's finish the rest of the episode we're almost there yeah mr matt comes in with sean and uh they're like what are you doing here you don't belong and he says i'd be here for any child who needs me mr feeney george and he walks over to mr feeney and he's like george i I forgive you you for what you did and trying to get my center shut down and he's like you forgive me and he like stands up like he's about to fight him and Alan puts his arm in front of Mr. Feeney and then just jumps Mr. Mac. Like, he throws him up against the wall and puts his finger in his face and was like, that kid belongs to us. <laughs> he does. Basically, like, I He's like, him. I, he is the best friend my son has ever had and I will kill anyone who comes in the way. He threatens his life. This guy hasn't done anything except for say that he forgives Mr. Feeney and Alan's just like I will kill you I will kill you but and meanwhile like in a deleted scene somewhere Sean says I drank some of your milk and Mr. Matthews is like get out of my house (laughs) so they get in this argument and then Mr. Mac is like "Uh, the center is where he belongs right Sean he says well he says I'm here to give him a sense of belonging that he can't find anywhere else like and he you says, guys didn't give that to you him. guys didn't give that to him and and if you if you convince him to stay with you so what there's a million other kids just like him and then he says anyway let's get going Sean and Sean is not right in front of them anymore the kids have gone into the hospital room gasp and they're just staring at Mr. Turner in the bed and Sean's just like, I can't do this. This mm-hmm. is too intense for me. I'm not feeling very centered. He right says, now. I need Mr. Mac right now. Um, because at this point, Mr. Mac is the only thing that is a lifeline to feeling like he's in control of anything. Mm-hmm. And um he goes to leave the room and Corey basically allens him. He does. Throws and he him like, against throws the wall and he's himself like, against the door. I would kill you. And he 
throws his arms around Sean and he's like, you feel this? This is a real hug. This is what it's like to be hugged by someone who cares about you. I don't know why I'm laughing right now. Uh, I don't know. It was just very, like, I don't know. Like, it unlocked some sort of BDSM situation. What? It's like, I don't even... No. I don't want to... Oh, I have a whole thing that relates to it in my head, but it just sounds bad. Is it from bad. Critical Role? Because no. I feel like the only thing in your head at this point is Critical Not Role. Not even close. I was going to liken it to like Fifty Shades of Grey, where it's like, this is forced upon you and you love it. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, except for it's not. Right, right, right. Like, it's definitely, like, he's trying to say, like, these hugs that you're getting from these people that don't even know you should not be filling you because you are not being cared about. Like, this is what it feels like to be hugged by someone who cares about you. Like, I don't just hug you for no reason. I hug you because I care about you. And um, he says, like, Mr. Turner is so important to you. He loves you and you love him. Like, right? Or does Topanga say that? Uh, one of them does anyway they're making they're making some points here and um and Corey's like you're not leaving this room but we will and they walk out Mm -hmm. and sean turns around and is immediately just like taken with emotion and he's like john how could you do this to me well he's like you've never made a mistake in your life how could you make a mistake on your bike yeah and he says um uh, you 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 can't do this to me yet. You didn't teach me enough. You still have a lot more to teach me. Um, and he says, "You don't blow me off, John. Don't blow me off, God." Yeah, he's he, well. He says like, "It's I can see you, um, and I'm talking to you, and you're not talking back. It's like you're a shell." And he's talking to Mr. Turner, and he says like, "That even though you, I can see you." And I can feel like you're not talking back to me. I'm going to keep talking. And he keeps talking to him. And then he starts talking to God. And he's like, God, like, I can't see you. And you're not talking back. But I know you're there. So I'm just going to keep talking. Like, you can't take him away from me. He's one of the only people who has cared about me. Like, he hasn't taught me enough yet. And he's like, I'm just so tired of feeling so empty. I'm not going to feel empty anymore. Yeah. And as he says that, uh, he's got his hand reached out to Mr. Turner's hand, and Mr. Turner squeezes his hand, but doesn't wake up or anything. But right. it's obvious that he's he's okay. He's okay-ish. Yeah, and and then we get to the credit scene. I Is guess that what we're at. Yes, except the credits didn't start for like two minutes, so yeah, I it was thought weird. I thought it wasn't. They they bamboozled me. Mm-hmm. Um. So Sean walks out of the room and they're like, oh my gosh, is everything okay? And Sean's just like, yeah, he's going to be fine. And he seems very at peace and not that fake like centered piece like that that was very much like manufactured through a brainwashing. Like he seems very at peace and um, he's like, no, he's going to be fine. I just know that because they're like, did the doctor tell you that? They're sitting right there. They know the doctor didn't walk into the room. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that the doctor could have walked into the room without them seeing him. Doctors work in mysterious ways, Tanya. mm, Correct. Maybe there was a door on the other side. But, anyway. There's always a door on the other side. (laughs) What? (laughs) Come with me. Um, Yeah, and uh, Mr. Matt comes over to him and is like, all right, Sean, let's get going. 
And Sean's just like, okay, I'm going to go with you, but not to stay. I'm going to get my bags and I'm going to go back to the Matthews and I'm going to stay with you guys if that's okay. And they're like, yeah, of course it's fine. And Topanga makes the face of like, oh my gosh, we all got through to him. And um, really, I guess it was God that got through to him. So that's interesting. Um, And he's just like, I, you know, I was looking to you to fill up something that felt empty and I don't want to be empty anymore and I'm not empty anymore. Um, And Mr. Mac basically gets told off by Sean. He says, like, I don't want to do easy. This turning to you to feel better, it was easy. I don't want to do easy anymore. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm done with easy, done with empty, done with you. Be gone. And Tanya went, damn. I sure did. And? End scene. Somebody says they'll always be there for you, Sean. And I don't know, remember who. Mr. Matt but I wrote says that, that basically that he can always come back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oof. So, Tanya. Yes. How did you feel about this episode? Did it make you feel centered? I feel very centered. Also, actually, I feel a little bit... This, this episode is hard for me. What? This episode is hard for me and probably not for like the reasons that's hard for m- most people, but I think that there there is a, a set of people that this episode would be difficult for. And um, I like it. It's fine. I don't harbor ill will towards the episode. Um, it was great to see Mr. Turner again. But I don't think I'll ever watch this episode again. Hmm. And my reasoning behind that is like, there are a lot of people who can go to church and it's just church and that's fine. And it's just a thing that they do on Sundays and they believe in God and it sort of gives them a moral compass. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never be like, it's not okay to be a Christian. Like, I think I still consider myself a Christian. Mm -hmm. But the way that I was raised was very cult-like. And watching someone be influenced the way that Sean was so quickly influenced is a little bit tough to watch. And then for him to go into without, like any prompting at all to just into the state of like warring with God over this person. I've been there so many times where I'm just like screaming into the void and nothing happens. It's just one of those really weird things that I think is very specific to, to each person. Like it hits everybody differently. But for me with the way that I grew up where I feel like, a lot of the rhetoric that is used in cult language, including in this episode where they're trying to bring him in is very much still the way of a lot of churches where it's like, Oh, but like, you're welcome here. And like, you have a space inside you that's empty and like only God can fill it, which if that's how you feel, if you feel like only God can fill that space, then great. But come to terms with that yourself. Like you don't need anyone to tell you that the brainwashing rhetoric was hard to watch. Right, and it was very, um, anyway, it's not my turn to talk. It's okay for you to talk to me. We're having a conversation. (laughs) That's what being podcast co-hosts is. Uh, It it was very, I mean, he was being preyed upon. Mm -hmm. Um, And and growing up the way that we did, I mean, I grew up in the church. Um, You hear a lot of these things 
from from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always being being told to watch out for the cults. Yeah. By them the using cult. the same tactics <laughs> that that the cult would use. Um, but the the cult was a clear danger to Sean. There was something wrong there. We didn't ever get to see what was wrong there. but Right, which is good that he never got to the point where it was an actual danger to him. But I also will say, like, so we just finished Veronica Mars. And in the first season, I think, there is a whole episode where, yeah, I think it's the first season because her hair was really short. <laughs> That's how I judge it. Um, there's a whole episode where um, Veronica is told to get this kid that goes for high school out of this cult that he has become a part of. Now, this place was more like a commune. Mm-hmm. It was doing nothing but good. It was good for the environment. It was good for him. He had gone from being a judgmental prick to being a decent person who loved other people. He had learned to farm. Like, all of these things were very good things, and there wasn't anything negative there. Like... I, I don't... So that that's a completely different situation. All I'm saying is think critically. Like, do not go into things full speed ahead. Think critically. Right. But I also basically grew up in a cult. So it took a lot of undoing. Like, a whole ton of undoing. And I think probably my brain would very easily jump back into being in a cult so easily. Yeah. Because that is how I grew up. I grew up being told what to think how to think, like, what to wear, what to eat. Like, everything was literally laid out for me as, if you do these things, your life will succeed. And that's not how it works. Because every person is different. Right. So if you're given a formula for success, like, for success, like, think critically about it. Because it doesn't work the same for everybody. Right. I... I understand why this happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, being around similar situations in my life, I definitely understand how it happens. Like, I know people who who um, turn to the church and just wholeheartedly became involved in the church. If, if Heaven's Gate mm-hmm. had come to them at the same time, they would have been off drinking Kool-Aid mm-hmm. under the under the comet. Right. But I, I think there's a lot of good that can be done, and that's what's scary about it. Right. Is because you're providing a place of togetherness, and when you do that, you are inherently taking people's lives in your hands. And the kind of people who want to take people's lives in their hands are either, I mean, it's one of two kinds of people. It's people who want to help legitimately, And it's people who want to control legitimately. So I just had a moment of clarity as you were saying that. People who want to help will not try to take your life into their hands. People who want to help, who are genuinely good people, will not try to control you as a person. Right. Because that is a toxic trait. Right. But that's the same thing. Like, they... They didn't tell Sean they were controlling his life. In fact, they told him that he could leave Mm -hmm. and then made sure he couldn't leave. Mm -hmm. Like, they gaslit him. Yeah. They they made him think that he was allowed to go whenever he wanted, but 
No, you, you can't really, Sean. Right. Um, so it, it takes critical thinking and it takes time to figure out that, oh, wait, I am being controlled still. Even though I'm being made to feel like I can do whatever I want, I'm, I'm not at all. Right. I mean, but that's so many communities. Any Anytime you have a community of, of especially teenagers who are broken and, and damaged, um, you know, I grew up and I turned to punk rock because I felt broken and damaged. And I, and I joked about that being a cult earlier and Tanya groaned, but I really did stop hanging out with those people because I, I every day turned into a, well, we can't do this because it's not punk. We can't do this because it's not punk. Mm-hmm. We got to do things this way. And I was like, wait a second. Wasn't this whole thing supposed to be, you do whatever you want. And that's what makes us who we are. Right. Um, I think anytime you get that broken group of people together, you run that risk. I think the biggest issue with all of that is that everyone is broken in some capacity. There is no one who hasn't experienced something like that doesn't break them. Like there is no one who's led a perfect life of like leisure. Everyone has different things that weigh on them that can break them. And some people it's harder to break than others but that doesn't like everyone is broken at some capacity so like for you like you were broken at a different capacity and like the people around you were all in a community sort of of I don't know how I'm trying to explain this but like everyone's broken at a different capacity so there are different groups that pray differently and right. I don't even necessarily think that it's it's predatory in every group no. like like for you punk rock punk rock didn't prey on you like right. that would be ridiculous i prayed on punk <laughs> that's <laughs> awful but i do think that every single person feels that broken and for some reason emptiness is the word that always comes up mm-hmm. is that like i just need to be filled with something and like hey everyone feels that way right like you don't have to but be filled with anything. Especially as a teenager, and everybody feels this to a different extent, but especially as a teenager, every teenager has those moments where they think they're the only person who's ever felt this way. Mm-hmm. I know some adults who still feel like, I'm the only person who really feels this, but no. As mm-hmm. a teenager, every teenager's like, Mm-mm, this is new, this is just me. Right. So that's what makes it so easy to find these kids. Right. And I think that it's important, like, I went and, you know, I was part of a a very rough group, like, at 16 and 17 and really until I was 29, like, and it was a very bad situation, like, an incredibly bad situation. But I honestly felt like those were my forever friends. And there are times now where I feel empty without them, like, because they were there when I had my kids. They were there when I almost died from kidney failure. Like, they were there for all of the big things. And they seemed to genuinely love me and want to be there for me. And they they weren't. Like, they didn't. Right. Um. So, I don't know. It's It's a really, really tough thing to muddle through. And I think that's why I have such a hard time with this episode. Like, this is not a cut and dry type thing. Right. Um, and Sean's response at the end is also not like a black and white situation either. Like 
to sit there and be like, okay, well, now I'm full because I prayed. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a fleeting feeling. And he could be right back again. And like, I don't know. It's really hard for me because of my own experience. And I'm sure that other people feel full of God all the time. But I never did. Like, that was one of my hardest things with growing up in the church is that all these people are like, well, once you let God into your life, you're going to feel great all the time. And you're going to know that God is always with you and stuff. And there were times where I felt more alone because I thought I was supposed to feel like God was with me and I felt nothing than I would have if I didn't think that I was supposed to have God with me. So I don't know. Like, (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this episode. It's a rough one for me. Mm -hmm. Alan was weird. Corey was weird. Like, Sean's acting chops were impeccable. Like, he brought out those Broadway acting chops. So he was great. Seeing Mr. Turner again was great. But even Mr. Feeney was weird. I don't know. He was going to fight someone. Like, it was odd. It was, like, very disjointed. So it was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just fine. How did you feel about this episode? I thought it was very good. Really? Uh, I thought overall, like, um, the reason we've had this whole conversation about it is because it invokes so much thought and feeling. Um, and it's 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 true to life. Like, it's it's not anything that anyone's not familiar with at all. Like, somebody, everybody has dealt with this in some way. But <clears throat> maybe not to this extent. I also think it's clear to me based on what we saw Sean was was um was getting positive changes out of it and we didn't see a lot of the negative like the the negative was uh um assumed i think mm-hmm. uh but i have to assume that i mean Mr. Feeney isn't going to act like that to anyone for no reason so i feel like there is there's probably a history of abuse in this group um, and that's why Mr. Feeney ever got involved with it. But I was, you know, there might be a history of abuse, but I was thinking more along the lines of these kids finding solace, like in this group and leaving their parents. Like they were living at this place. Mm-hmm. They were all living there. And these are all high school students. So they're like leaving their parents. And honestly, most teenagers don't want to live with their parents. Right. Like most teenagers don't feel like their parents understand them. Some of them think their parents are awful to them when their parents are fine. And some people really do have awful relationships with their parents. But, like, teenagers are not close with their parents in that way of, like, my parents, you know, make me feel, like, loved and accepted and and they love me for who I am. Like, all teenagers are, like, trying to find their people who accept them. Yeah, Mr. Feeney's not just... Uh, banging down the doors of this building because kids are running away from their parents. Mr. Why not? Because he would need to feel like there was something more nefarious going on. That is nefarious. A bunch, sure. Like a bunch of his students have moved out of their parents' house into this commune. That's serious. Like if we were living here and our kids ran away to go live in a commune with all these other kids from high school, that would be a serious thing. Right. So there might be abuse, but all of these kids seemed like they were okay. Like there were no marks on them or whatever. But uh, mind control is abuse. And it's actually one of the worst abuses. Right. Like it, 
to me, it is the worst abuse. Like, I think when it comes to physical abuse, like, you might feel that sort of, like, jarring, like, oh, no, someone's near me, like, they might hit me kind of feeling. But you never, I don't think, ever heal from that emotional and mental abuse of the mind control and the gaslighting and the manipulation. I Because you think everybody is doing that to you going forward. I think people can heal from that. I, I, I'm not belittling it, but I think it's also important for people to know that they can heal from that. It just takes work. A lot of work. But anyway, okay. um, that's how I feel about this episode. I mean, I, I thought it was good. This is, by the way, last time we see Mr. Turner. I wasn't going to say it because you always point out the fact that I point towards the future. And I was trying not to do that this time. Wow. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Um, it, it was nice to see Mr. Turner again. I don't know. It was a good episode. It, 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 Sean was, Sean is really, really good. I mean, um, um, Ryder Strong. Ryder Strong. <laughs> is, How can you forget that name? Uh, I don't know. But he's really good at acting like this broken teenager. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, that's, those are his best episodes mm-hmm. is when it's like, I just want to feel loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a very emotional episode. He, he, he played his part very well. Um, and I think it was well written. Um, I do think, um, I think it could have been better if it had been two episodes. Yeah. Because so much had to be crammed in that it felt like everything was just like boom, 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 boom. And we weren't learning enough about the situation or learning enough about what any of these uh, kids are going through or anything like that. Yeah. And it makes it very hard to talk about, too, because like we're like flying through scenes like and they're in different places in every scene and we're trying to keep up and like. I feel like most of the characters are also acting out of character. So there was no anticipation of what the characters were going to do, except for Eric, who was a delight and just a doll baby. Was he a doll baby? Mm-hmm. I loved him so much. Okay. I, I, I thought he was really good too. become a huge Eric fan. I, I thought he was good, too. I didn't think he was a doll baby. Uh, you wouldn't. But... Um... No, I th- I thought you. I mean, you're right. Everybody was out of character except for Sean. Yeah, like when Corey was just like, "Why are you hugging me?" I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I looked over at Alden. I was like, "That doesn't even make any sense at all." And then when Alan is just like, "We want Sean here," I'm like, "What? What is this parallel universe? That, this is all a fever dream." So that <gasps> it's Mr. Turner's coma dream. We figured it out. Well, there it is. Um. This whole episode is Mr. Turner's coma dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Alan was that much out of character. Um, he was saying that he wanted to protect Sean and whatever because he was mad at this guy. Right. Like, I never felt like it was because he really cared what Sean was doing. Um, it was just because he was mad at this cult leader. I have a very important point to make. Okay. Amy looks so hot in this episode. Goodness gracious. Like speaking of all over the place, she does like she's just like simple jeans, white kind of crop top T-shirt, like just very casual. But like she looks great. Okay, I noticed. Okay, that's all. All right. I think that that'll that's our final thought. (laughs) Um, Those are our hashtag opinions. 
Don't join a cult. Amy is hot. Mm-hmm. What a ride. <laughs> what yes, a it ride. Was. Um, anything else you want to say, Tanya, before we go? Um, I guess you can find us at... BMG and BMW on Twitter sometimes. And you can email us at... BMG and BMW at gmail.com. And you can have really awesome conversations with us. This episode deserves so much conversation on our Facebook page. Uh, type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the subject bar and... Or the search bar and apply and i will let you in and then i like how he says apply like you have to fill out an application like we're gonna need your social security number we need a credit card number make sure you leave that code on the back just hit join and i have to accept it so that i can make (laughs) sure you're not uh, a cult leader Mm -hmm. um but that's gonna do it for us right yeah thank you for joining us did you have more to say I feel like I should, like, say something sweet at the end of this episode. Go vote, guys. Oh, go vote, guys. We voted. It was great. I put my voted sticker on my skateboard. That is a lie. You put my I voted sticker on the back of your skateboard. That's true. Um, Because what's cooler than that? (laughs) You know what's hip, kids? Voting. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It really is. Everyone's Um, doing it. Yeah, it's super important. Go vote. And and right now in COVID, like, it's so easy to go vote um, early. Well. So you're not. Well. Well. It is easy in Virginia. I've seen a lot of things where it is not as easy. Like, the lines are very long and stuff. So it's not like for us, we just walked into a building, we voted and we walked out like it was yeah. so easy. But I'm seeing a lot of places where it's not and you have to stand in lines and I'm really, really sorry. So like it's not mm. always easy, but it I think it's going to be easier than trying to go on election day or yeah. on voting day. Yeah, you don't. It's it's going to be rough out there on on Super Tuesday. Is that what they call it? I don't even remember. I don't remember either. Um doesn't feel too super, does it? Well, it'll just be a normal Tuesday for us because we already voted. Uh-uh. It's not going to be normal because we got to sit there and watch and see what's going on. That is true. And be at work. It's going to feel so stressful. Um, anyway, thank you for joining us. This has been... You're boi- right. Let's go out on a pleasant note. Um, Tanya? Yeah? I, I really love you. I really love you too. Class, we love you too. Not the same way. We're not going to marry you. But... but- would if we could wait what actually no we wouldn't because on's looking at me weird yeah but we would join your cult okay we're right. very susceptible to things like that <laughs> our facebook page page is just one polyamorous uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's not really no it's not at all thank you for joining us this has been boy meets girl meets boy meets world season four episode 21 class dismissed <laughs>